Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are Knee Deep in Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to really get actual value from technology. This is episode 125, recorded on June the 26th, 6th, that is a hard word to say, 2020. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on kneedeepintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. We are not missing anyone today, but we are missing <laughs> an AC unit. I think we need to, to really have an AC unit as, as the fourth partner of, of Knee Deep in Tech because it's pretty darn warm today. Yep. I mean, come on, 30 plus uh, Celsius. Uh, that's terrible. It is kind of warm, and I have it on good authority that Simon has done a, a first thing ever today. Simon, are you wearing pants? I, I am wearing pants, <laughs> but yesterday was the first time in my work life. So the first time in four years, twelve years or so, <laughs> twelve years or so, which I actually wore shorts when working, even though I'm at home. But that's never ha never happened before, and um, I, I actually feel quite uncomfortable even working in shorts from home because that's not how I mentally go to work. I have nothing. Okay, <laughs> so let's just dive straight into the news, I think, because we, we have a lot to cover today. We're, we're going to be talking about the uh, demise of Mixer. We're going to talk about um, changes from the AZ-104 certification exam. Speaking of changes, ARM, changes to the ARM templates. We have a new Defender ATP for both Linux and Android. We have some uh, pretty interesting uh, things from Microsoft stores config manager technical preview as well and then of course we need to rant a bit about the wwdc the apple developer conference but let's dive straight into uh, mixer without further ado mixer's dead what does that mean for us absolutely nothing no <laughs> exactly i don't think we have spoken about it so i, I tend to agree with uh, tony on that it means nothing no so we're looking at taking the, the Knee Deep in Tech podcast online to, uh, to do video and stuff like that. So we were talking about where do, we, where do we stream this? Do we go for Twitch? Do we go for Mixer? And despite the fact that Mixer being much smaller, Mixer is Microsoft. So we were kind of leaning towards, mix, to, towards Mixer. And then Mixer died. Well, they are referring us to Facebook Gaming, so <laughs> should that be an option? How about not in a million years, Tony? Yeah, that's right. But but can someone explain how, how that all played out? I didn't even know that Facebook had a gaming service. Neither did I, actually. I had never heard of that. Is that where you stream Candy Crush? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have no idea. That damn. Or like that? What's the other one? The the farm wheel or something? Uh, oh, but I think that was a couple of years ago now. Actually, farm wheel. <laughs> right. So yeah, mixer went away, and I think this came as a serious shock. I've I've seen some of the um, the more established streamers really, I mean, scratch their heads over this one. So we'll see what this means because I think that Twitch will be getting some of the larger streamers back that um that mixer bought so we'll we'll see where we end up but are there any options really for twitch like yeah 
No. Are there any real options? I don't think so. YouTube, maybe. Well, yeah, YouTube and... Well, um, didn't Andy do a lot of streaming on Facebook? Was it Periscope? What was... <laughs> Periscope? Isn't that like a dating thing? <laughs> moving on. We, we are moving on. Yeah. So I've spent the entire week uh, teaching AZ-104 again for the third time. The only difference this time was that it was way warmer than usual. But the funny thing happened, uh, I think it was Tuesday, because Tuesday AZ-104 came out of beta. So AZ-104, the certification test, is now generally available. So go forth and certify yourselves. I like that idea. Do you need to take it if you have a previous AZ-103, 102? It depends, because if you look at your um, transcript, you're going to see that there is an expiry date. Oh, the AZ series and all the role-based series, they are uh, they have an expired date. So it's either two or three years, depending on which it is. So I'll, I'll need to recertify next week, next year. Yeah, next week. Next week, yeah, no. <laughs> so, sounds like I need to log on to the learning site. Oh yeah, bring it. And 104, in my view, is much better than 103 because they've, they've taken out a lot of extra, extra stuff and, and really concentrate on the, the good stuff. And, and usually we do our certifications at Ignite. I think, did I do four last yeah. year? Four Microsoft Ones and one Jamf One during that week. Um, so I, I need to actually get a grip and schedule some of the online tutored exams. So what you're saying is that you need to have your, your own uh, Ignite in your, your bedroom. Parties in my head. Doing four certifications at Ignite is just, crazy so you need to have yourself examined i think i think that he was examined and just went yeah no let's never talk about this again <laughs> which kind of brings me to the next item because we have a new defender atp stuff what what's going on there so microsoft defender atp which started off at windows defender atp is now an umbrella for a number of different threat protection products. So we have had Microsoft Defender for Windows, obviously, for quite a while. We have had um, Microsoft Defender ATP for Mac OS for quite a while now as well. And this week, the Defender ATP agent for Linux were released to general availability. And that includes both client and server. And we also got, finally, the Microsoft Defender ATP for Android which I've been playing around with for a while. And it, I think it's important to remember that I have a bunch of different MDM discussions currently with my customers. And it's important to remember that currently there aren't that many real attacks against Android or iOS. It, that's not the what you need to protect yourself against when protecting a mobile device. And I think Microsoft has done a great job in, in protecting what you need to protect, which is web as well as uh, permissions given to apps. So don't view Defender ATP for Android as a real threat protection, but rather see it as something that will enhance the security of the device where it's applicable for mobile devices. The Defender ATP for Linux is, on the other hand, very much of interest since it will enable you to cover servers, especially, and ensuring that you get that full overview of your server and supposedly client infrastructure combined with Windows. Yeah, because uh, that's pretty much what I read as well, that the Linux protection is not really for desktop users, it's more for, you know, server stuff. 
yeah it it it's that's what why i believe that it's so pushed to get out there that fast because they need it on servers but it do work great on on client operating system as well i've been running it on ubuntu uh client the client version of ubuntu and it works brilliantly no problem whatsoever and uh, it gives you that real overview of your entire client estate or server estate which is super powerful and that's of course across on-prem and cloud cool that that's really useful and i I really like to have a a tool that will warn me if my my android device gets if, if i were to install a new app and that app requires uh, way more privileges than it really should, then I, I would suppose yep. that this is going to kick in and say, yeah, no, you want, don't, don't want to do this. Yeah, and I think that's 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 quite interesting. I don't know if we have talked about that previously, but what what's your favorite app that requires way too much permissions? Do you have one? I, I don't, because I run iOS. <laughs> oh. No, I, I, mean, I mean, seriously... It, they, they come down like a ton of bricks on any app that does too 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 big uh, privileges, and I think that is a very good thing. So I I honestly don't know any any app on the iOS side of things that that has that kind of issue. Do you have one, Tony? Uh, no, actually, 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 no, because uh, I also don't really install that many apps, you know, uh, on the Android platform being the, what is it, the Galaxy S8. Uh, so the, all the apps I have are just, you know, minimum requirements uh, that are allowed. Because I have one. For quite a while, my Pizza Hut app required access to the camera. Huh? But there isn't any camera function in that app at all. And I would have understood it if it had like a social media sharing, take a picture of your pizza and post it through our app. But it doesn't. So it continuously popped up and asked for access to the camera. And I also saw that, and we'll get back to you, the um, Worldwide Developer Conference later on, that with iOS 14, the upcoming one, you will actually be notified if an app copies what you just written, which TikTok does at a three second or so interval. So every three or five seconds, the app TikTok will actually copy the things you just wrote for some reason. And there are a couple of movies on that twisting around in social media. Huh, interesting. All right, uh, moving on to a, a fairly small but pretty big change. So the ARM templates, the the the, the thing underlying everything in Azure, it's been given a some some pretty tender love. So Mark Rusinovich put in a new blog post on uh, new things in ARM. And the one thing that I think is absolutely super cool is that you can now have a what if, a pre-deployment impact analysis on your ARM template. So you can Ooh. create a huge ARM template and then you just tack on the analyze what if. What's going to be created? What's going to be updated? What's going to be removed? And what um, yeah, what will change, basically? It's in preview, but this one is super, super powerful. That think that that will all both save a lot of money, a lot of time, and enable people to learn in a much better way. I would have to agree. And speaking of saving money, <laughs> what the heck did Microsoft just do to all the, the Microsoft stores? 
this just came in on LinkedIn through um, David Porter, who is the corporate vice president for Microsoft Stores. Or was. And, uh, or Yeah, because they are um, closing all the physical locations. And based on what they've just said in the blog post, they won't reopen, at least not in the same way, shape, or form. And these these were, were designed to go head-to-head with the Apple stores, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that includes the fairly new flagship store in London, the flagship store on Fifth Avenue, New York, flagship stores in Sydney and Redmond Campus. Uh, so question is, uh, do we know, do we, do we have any idea on how many stores they actually have? Because I know we've been to a few. And while, you, while you're researching that, did you just say that they're closing the Microsoft store on the campus? The, fla- the flagship store on Redmond campus. Wait, what? So one of the, the um, primary tourist spots, if you will for the Microsoft campus is going to close. Huh. And it can be because they have, didn't they, like before they had the real Microsoft stores, they still did have a corporate store at campus, right? Mm -hmm. So it's possible that that will remain open so you can buy your swag. Coffee mugs. Yeah, we all need (laughs) more mugs. (laughs) Actually, we don't. I have it on good authority that I do not need more mugs. In fact, if I were to bring home more mugs, I am not entirely sure that I need to come home at all. But yeah, I, I think it's it's a huge thing. Did you find any numbers, Simon? 116 stores. Wow. So it's a fairly big chain they're closing down. Indeed. And this, this is not due to the COVID-19 um, crisis. This is another reason. Yeah, they are mentioning it as as part of it, but as part of our business plan, we announced a strategic change in our retail operations, including closing Microsoft Store physical locations. Yeah, that that would definitely qualify as a a, a um, strategic change. And they and they don't state how much the actual stores have um, cre- brought into the company, but. No, sorry. This was they are focusing on digital storefronts. So Microsoft.com, Xbox, Windows storefronts, and um, they are now reaching 1.2 billion monthly customers. So they are refocusing on web instead. But on the other hand, it's been way more than just stores. Like they've said, they um, have hosted online workshops, STEM summer campus work together with three, over 3,000 schools. Uh, so it's, it's, I think it's an end of an era. And uh, I've always found great joy in visiting new locations. Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you've, you've pretty much uh, dragged us around. Oh, here's a Microsoft store. Dude, it has the exact same things as the other one. Yeah, but I want to go in. And yeah, Simon went in. Every time. But the odd thing is that it's never me that leaves with anything. It's only you that buys things in those stores. We are not talking about me now. <laughs> Instead, we are now officially moving on. So, Simon, uh, you said something about a, a small uh, technical preview of Configuration Manager. 
Um, I wouldn't say so. It's probably the, the last one was huge. This one isn't that big, but it has some really great features. So, so it's huge. Finally, yes, yes, huge. So few huge features. Huge ish. <laughs> yes, Grandpa. Oh, for. F- <laughs> and that's the name of this episode. Yes, Grandpa. We should do this on a Friday. Friday, we're boiling hot. <laughs> but in this, the two, 2006 or 2006 release of Configuration Manager Technical Preview, we get the ability to use the company portal on co-managed devices. So up until now, we have, for co-managed devices, had the company portal from Intune and Software Center to manage apps and workloads from both directions so config manager and into but now we can use only the company portal app to service both applications from configuration manager as well as uh, applications from intune in the same user interface it's a great feature i've been trying it out and really like how it works and how it enables co-management and a way better user experience there we also now officially have support to start a task sequence from Configuration Manager that includes a boot image and run that over the internet on Cloud Management Gateway. So we can start an entire operating system deployment, including a boot image, wipe the disk, continue and reinstall that machine over the internet as long as the user starts it from Software Center. So that that's a pretty humongous item, I would say. And some new capabilities on how you can configure restarts, which is always neat, and some new integrations for Windows Virtual Desktop, which is now a first-class operating system, so that you actually can choose Windows 10 Enterprise Multi-Session as an available operating system. Uh, could, could I ask something completely unrelated about Windows Virtual Desktop? Absolutely. So I, I had an interesting uh, question from one of my students this this uh, weekend. We we were talking about Azure Bastion, and Bastion yep. is is the way to basically create a jump host as as a service. Yeah. So he asked, is it possible to set up Windows Virtual Desktop the uh, the gateway and use that to create your jump host? I.e., you're not setting up a bastion, you're setting up just the gateway and then spinning up the Windows Virtual Desktop and use that as your, your uh, jump host. And I, 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 I said I, I have no idea because I've not done anything with Virtual Desktop. Would it be possible and would it be cheaper or more expensive or is it a completely bonkers idea? So instead of using Bastion, yes, you would connect through wvd to a physical machine and then rdp virtual machine of yes course. so you're basically creating your your jump host and exposing it through windows virtual desktop and then how would you get to your other machines and this is why i'm asking you because i didn't even un- understand the 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 original question quite entirely it, it sounded like a plausible idea i i think that that would really be to uh use it for the wrong purpose i i do see it it used i have thought about that use case but not for azure 
machines, but for on-prem machines. So if you were to have a jump host in Azure, which could reach internal machines using some kind of solution, instead of having an RD gateway, that could be an option, even though it would be a fairly expensive option. And, and that, that's just the thing, because he, my, my student claimed that the RD gateway is free, but that's the only part of, of Windows Virtual Desktop that is free. Yeah, it's it's not really a gateway because you're you're buying into the service. And I think he's coming really close to a thing that Microsoft came down really hard on a couple of weeks ago, where since you have access to the connector from the virtual machine to mm-hmm. the Windows Virtual Desktop gateway, people were using that to add physical hosts on-prem to the WVD platform in Azure basically building a hybrid Windows Virtual Desktop platform, which is nothing you are allowed to do. Uh-huh. So they, I, I would say that I would love to know more about this scenario. I do think that Bastion would be a more secure, easily manageable uh, solution and that the pricing of it would probably be fairly the same. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, the Bastion solution would be the better, better way to go. Yeah. The the only issue that I have with the Bastion is that Bastion is, is pretty expensive if you're not using it very often because you can't shut it down. No. It, what is it, like a, a thousand, a hundred dollars a month or so? Yeah, pretty much. But looking at, if you were to have one single regularly sized VM in Windows Virtual Desktop running 24-7... That would be close to the same cost. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is the same yeah. thing. But if you're it, not using exactly. the jump host, well, eh. no. But but things add up to the Windows Virtual Desktop machine, and you get so. I I would say go for Bastion in that case. Go for Bastion. And uh, speaking of Bastion, the last Bastion of of um, Intel, something came out of the Worldwide Developer Conference that some people saw coming. Some people did not think was coming in about a million years. And that was Apple going to their own silicon. So Apple will be releasing ARM-based Mac computers next year, right? They've started yep. with the um, the developer kits, which looks really nice and at a very good price. Fairly beefy, I would say. And then they will, and I think they had a roadmap of saying that they will in two years' time only have Apple Silicon based Macs for sale. Yep. Across the entire product line, which includes the Mac Pro. And that immediately brings me to a question what about performance? I mean, ARM is not the performance powerhouse, ARM is all about um, power consumption. But what have they done to, to, bring out some serious horsepower in their their arm silicon does anybody know yet no and i think this is a very important thing to consider because when microsoft released their arm based devices they also showed off how to use it with photoshop and things like that but in practice it doesn't really work that well if it's not native apps i know that apple also showed off like the creative side of things but I would be very pleasantly, I would add, surprised if they are able to actually pull this off and get that performance that they are, have promised on an ARM chip. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that they will, but 
will they be able to do so soon or will it be something that comes over time yeah i i don't know i know that the the woman which i've forgotten the name of that presented that no she presented on the airpods the spa, uh, spatial audio for airpods she uh, have been building like the the electrical engineering in batteries for teslas among other things so so they obviously have some really talented people working for them only looking at their mobile cpus so i would be very happy if they were able to pull this off and really give microsoft a run for uh, for their money in terms of arm based uh, computers yeah i don't i don't think we we uh, doubt that that apple has a lot of very very talented engineers and they've they've come up with stuff that the rest of the world went yeah what should we use this for i mean everybody remembers the first ipad it was super yep. cool and super cute but what the heck should we use it for and now it's ubiquitous it's everywhere and i really really hope to see that they will step up and definitely give intel a run for their money because this will only mean that intel needs to become even better so yep. everybody wins basically absolutely do we have time for some other news i think we do so there are so many things i want to point out with this conference did you know that apple invented windows phone oh you're not gonna go off on a rant <laughs> on that i please. i sure am i sure am they now have widgets on the home screen of ios which looks exactly like they did on windows phone everyone is nope. going yay no 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 they're not <laughs> no seriously they don't look exactly the same they have rounded edges yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I, I attended uh, or uh, were part of another podcast this week. And um, that was exactly what we claimed, that everything that have round edges, including Nintendo Switch, apparently, is invented by Apple, regardless of what anyone else says. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. So we can rant about that for, for ages. But um, other than that, you are going to you are able to change your default browser and email app on oh, iOS yeah. 14. But that's that's actually a huge improvement, for, both from a security and productivity point of view. Yes, but it is stupid. It is stupid that it has taken this long. It's it's just yeah. unacceptable. I, I absolutely agree. So I, I have a couple of Jabra AirPod equivalents or whatever, um, and they uh, the AirPods are now getting some cool enhancements. So the ability to seamlessly switch devices which will be very interesting and to see how they implement that because that's something I've struggled with to really get a good experience from for any pair of headphones. So that you should be able to seamlessly switch between different devices that you're connected to. We uh, They're also getting spatial audio. I think that's the correct spatial. So If Spatial. Is it spatial? Yeah, spatial is the, is yeah. the word. Yeah, which basically... We'll be using the accelerometer in the AirPods Pro to change the direction from where the sound comes if you twist your head. And I have a really hard time seeing why I would like that. I can't you see You don't VR need to see that, Simon. You just need to hear it. <laughs> Good point. And also, both iOS and watchOS, if I remember correctly, will be able to ensure that you wash your hands in a COVID-friendly fashion. I, I would argue that it is definitely not a COVID-friendly <laughs> fashion. <laughs> You're absolutely right. On that COVID-friendly bombshell, it is 
unfortunately, time to end the show. Thank you so much for listening to Knee Deep in Tech. And if you have any feedback, any questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at kneedeepintech.com. We will be back next week. And until then, have a wonderful time in this insane heat. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye now.